0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Join me in Ephesians chapter number 4 and 5 tonight if you would. We'll begin in chapter number 4, book of Ephesians and chapter number 4. It's good to have a Bible, isn't it? Amen. Good to be able to gather and study the scriptures and be encouraged by the scriptures. I trust our time spent together in the Word tonight will be an encouragement to you. Now, I want to I walk through this a little bit and, and pick out uh, a word. If I go ahead and flash it up, the word "walk," and you see this often here in, in our reading uh, tonight. Look, look at chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, "I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord." beseech you that word beseech of course implies you know almost to beg right I beseech I beg you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith your call right so I want you to highlight the idea of walking worthy of our calling and you know our number one calling is to be a Christian correct all of us were to be Christ-like in our deportment, right, in our thinking and our, our attitudes and our actions. And so in this text here, he talks about walking worthy as a Christian. But I want you to highlight the word walk. And then if you go to chapter number 5 with me, in verse 1, he says, be therefore followers of God as dear children and Look look in chapter 5, verse 2, walk in love, right? Once again, walk, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Go over to chapter 5 and verse number 8. He says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord let's look at the next few words say it with me walk as children of light so you're picking up something here right consistently from chapter 4 on in apostle paul speaking to the church in ephesus about their walk with the lord and how important it is to walk with god and then as you move on down chapter number 5 verse 15 he says see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools But as wise, walk circumspectly. And that's what I want to kind of highlight tonight. You know, walking, what's it mean to walk? Man, John, I didn't even get the word out. John's ready to give us commentary. Don't you love John? Isn't he a blessing? Where's Barry? Oh, he's out there? Let's keep him out there. You probably just heard me. So what's it mean to walk circumspect? What do you think, John? Help us with that. I can go back to the, to the Greek, where it's, uh, it's actually a compound word, it's a of like the of word. We get our English language, so it's a lot of words. Talk a little louder, John. Yeah, I'm talking about circum. Um, circum is like a circle, I can I can't hear you. The word circle means like circum, means circle, like a walk, like a thing, it's, it's a circle. expect means to watch where you're going, to watch Means watch. So circumspect means to watch where you're, watch, watch where you're going. Mm. So you circumspect, uh, circum is your you're building somewhere, but spec means to watch, like spectacles, like uh, specs. Uh, yeah. You're watching where you're going. That's good. So what John is saying, I don't know if you can hear him over there, but John looked at my notes again before he came in. He's got a habit of doing that on Wednesday nights but he he really he really put his hand right on it you know when you look at that word circumspect it comes from a compound word the origin of it is it's it's circular and what it means is to almost it's almost means like you we would say this to have eyes behind your head right so you're you're capable of just seeing all all that's going on i pray all the time i promise you this i pray all the time for mrs Genizzi when she When she goes out to the store, wherever, Lord, please help her to be aware of her surroundings, right? Because you know we're living in a real—I'm telling you, man—it's—it's—it's—it's—it's a a scary time, you know. I was over in Philly the other day visiting with my granddad. He lives in the Northeast, and I was telling my daughter this yesterday, and I, I came up on a you know pretty tight city street and came to a traffic light that was green, but the person. That was in front of me at the traffic light wasn't moving because they were talking to somebody else and it just went on and on and because I'm spirit-filled I beat my horn but I'll tell you what I no sooner but me I no sooner pulled my hand away from the, the steering wheel that I thought are you out of your mind are you crazy I almost wanted to yell out oops I didn't mean that I mean people get shot for less you know preacher shot in northeast philly you would think i'm probably buying drugs you know beep the horn and so when you look at this word when you look at paul and speaking to the church in ephesus and telling them to walk circumspectly what he's saying basically is this we have got to be alert to our surroundings right so the christian life is often referred to as a walk and we are to we are to walk with god right? That's not that easy, is it? Because here's what I came to find out. I've been saved for a few years now. God doesn't walk with me. I need to walk with Him, you know? And that changes everything for me. It changes everything for us. God doesn't stoop to, no, we need to raise up our level and walk with God. And when you look in the text here, you know, you walk in love and you walk in light, Uh, We can go to Galatians chapter number 5, where we walk in the Spirit. But I, I I like what Paul is saying to the church here. As we walk, we need to walk in such a way that we are alert to our surroundings. Did you ever read in the Song of Solomon where he talks about the little foxes? Did you ever read that text? It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. We may say we might say it like this it seems to be sometimes just the little insignificant things that have the tendency of tripping us up you know i mean most of the time we're aware of you know the 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 you know the roadblocks or the big things it's just those little things that kind of trip us up it's those little foxes that spoil the vine And so I think Paul might be saying here, you know, there's so many threats to the Christian life that we have got to, as we walk with the Lord, we've got to stay alert. We've got to stay alert. We need to understand our surroundings. Because if not, we might become a bit careless in our Christian life. We might find ourselves kind of straying or kind of wayward. And so what he does in this text is he gives some good counsel. In fact, i want to put together verse 15, 16, and 17 for us. And I think what he does is he gives us good counsel on how to walk circumspectly. Look at the text again, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. See the comparison there? Not as a foolish person, but as a wise person, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore? Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so I think what he does is this. He kind of highlights for us what's required in walking circumspectly. And if you'll allow me, I'm going to give you a word that goes along with each one of these verses and maybe a practical uh, definition of it. Okay? Look at verse number 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. I think maybe what he's saying there is that if you're going to walk circumspectly, it requires discernment. It requires that you and I be discerning. Now, don't, don't flip that yet, Doug. But let, let me ask you, what, 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 what is discerning? What is discernment? Now, you know John knows what it is. But what is discernment? Well, wait, wait, wait. help me out here. Come on, class. Give me a little interaction here. you all that? Pardon me. The difference between right and wrong. Yeah, telling the difference between right and wrong. Who are you telling that to? Yourself. Yeah. Amen. So it's it's being able to see the difference between right and wrong. Right, discernment. You know, we need discernment, right, in our Christian life. Our discernment daily. I, I, I like this practical thought. Go ahead and flip it, Doug, if you would. Look at this. The ability to see what may not be evident to the average mind. Right? It might not, you might not, it might not just jump up off the page. You know, it may not be evident. It might take a little thought, a little contemplation. You know, it might cause, it, it, it might cause us to pause, right? And Paul's saying, if we're going to walk circumspectly, if we're going to walk with our eyes wide open, if we're going to understand our surroundings, then we need to have discernment. We need to have discernment. The ability to see what may not be evident to the average mind. I think we need that quality today, don't you? And, And I would say this, it's important to be able to discern from. And you know what I put in my notes? Dot, dot, dot. Not dot com, but dot dot dot. The ability to discern from what? Well, right and wrong, good and evil, and maybe the intentions of our own heart. Right? Because at times, if we're not careful, we can be deceived by our own heart. Isn't that right? Jesus speaks a little bit about this. In fact, look at the words there in verse number 15 not as fools, but as wise. Do you ever notice how many times the Lord Jesus spoke about? or made a contrast between those that are foolish, those that are wise? Let me, let me share a couple verses with you. Take your Bible and turn with me back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. Matthew, chapter number 7. I know you're familiar with this text. Look in verse number 24, Matthew, chapter 7, in verse 24. Are you there? Verse 24. Therefore, whosoever... Heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them. Now, if, we, if, if you can't keep your mind on anything else that I read, don't miss that. Look what he said. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them. You see the connection? What's the connection? I want you to point it out for me, class. You're too quiet. You're making me nervous. Hearing and doing. Right? So Jesus is saying this. By the way, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a, what? A wise man, which, of course, you know the story, he built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. So, what's the rock? I don't have time to get into the details of this tremendous story, Christ is the rock, but it's your hearing and doing. It's your obedience to what He said, right? But in that same story, look, 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 look a little further. It says in verse twenty-six, "And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not." So it's not that that second person didn't hear; they heard the same thing the first person heard, right? what's the difference one one obeyed and one didn't one followed the teachings the other didn't and as a result the one who didn't look look what it says he shall be likened to a foolish man which built his house upon the sand the rain descended the floods came same 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 scenario same circumstances and what happened he crumbled right see see, see the difference there Here, here, it all comes down to this. You know, it comes down to hearing and doing the Word of God. The the wise person is the person who listens to the Lord and obeys His Word, right? And so here he's talking about a wise person listening to the Lord. But then in, in, in Luke chapter 12, turn over there. Luke chapter number 12, if you would. Luke 12 and verse number 16. Luke 12 and verse 16 says this, and, uh, and Jesus, I'm in verse 16, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no, uh, no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This is what I'm, he's talking to himself, This is what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and build bigger, greater. And there will, there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, look at verse 19, soul, Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Huh? Isn't it awesome? I mean, tell you this guy, man. He's got his 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 barns are filled. Life is just going great. He does a personal, you know, evaluate. He's assessing and he's saying, "Man, you've done pretty good for yourself, dude. Take it easy, man. Eat, drink, be merry." Look at verse number twenty. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? You with me? And so, you know, you have the Lord here making an assessment of the wise and the unwise. And isn't it interesting how, you know, it's so vastly different between our opinion and his? Vastly different. And what he's saying in this story is this in the first story a wise person listens to the lord in this story a wise person lives for the lord so paul's saying if we're going to walk with the lord we've got to walk circumspectly we've got to we've got to we've got to have discernment we need to be able to see our surroundings and be able to discern between right and wrong and what's good and what's not what's eternal and what's temporary one final story. You don't have to turn to Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13. Again, Jesus telling a story, and he says this, a wise person anticipates the Lord's return. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. We're going to walk with God, but we've got, to, we've got to have discernment, especially today in the world in which we live. There's so many threats out there to the Christian life. We've got to have our eyes wide open and what Jesus says is this, if you're going to walk with me, you know, that, that kind of hears and does, right? And then focuses upon the right things. I think that's important, circumspectly. Go back to that text, if you would. Look at Ephesians chapter 5 again. And look at, look at the next, next verse. He says in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This is all kind of going together, same, same context. So let me see if I can make sense for this. I'm going to wrap this all up. In the end, it'll come together. But Paul says this, you're going to walk with the Lord. You need to walk circumspectly. And that requires discernment, but it also requires, listen to this word, discipline. It requires discipline. And he uses these words, redeem the time. Redeeming the time. And I I think that calls for discipline. And if I were to give you a practical definition of discipline, I'd put it this way. Discipline is training designed to produce a specific character trait. That's what discipline is. We often talk about this. You've heard this before. Uh, uh, The, uh, you know, Christian disciplines. Did you ever hear that phraseology before? Christian disciplines. We have these disciplines because we're trying to train a specific character trait. Right? What are some of the Christian disciplines that we, can you give me one or two or a few? Come on. Pray. Who? Praying. Praying? Praying. Good. Praying. Praying consistently. That's a Christian discipline, isn't it? We ought to pray regularly. What else? Bible. Reading your Bible. We ought to read our Bible regularly. John, what are you going to say? That's good. That's that's a good discipline, fasting. Yeah. Who? Tithing. Tithing. Christian discipline. Self-control. Self-control. Obedience. Who? Obedience. Obedience. Faithfulness, to your Faithfulness to church attendance. These are Christian disciplines, right? And you know, you know what they do? They build character. They build character. And what he's saying is this. If you and I, if we're going to walk circumspectly, We not only need discernment, but we need discipline. And he mentions this redeeming the time in this text of Scripture. And and I I think of two things here. First thing I think is, first of all, that's a responsibility that we have. That's a responsibility. We are responsible to God to redeem the time or or, or to not let time slip away or don't squander time or don't miss God-given opportunities right he places them in our path all the time opportunities and then i think this then he gives the reason for that in that same verse look redeeming the time why because the days are evil and if you'll allow me just to make a summary statement about that i think what he's saying is this time short we need to redeem the time because time's running out and what we do for god we need to do now there's times running out. And I'm not sure how you feel about this, but as I look at our world and our society, I just see the lack of influence the church is having on its communities. Right? I mean, it's, isn't it sad now every time, every day, every time there's, a, every time there's an event, somebody gets shot? Huh? Have you noticed that? I mean, you can't even take your family now to... A public whatever or watch fireworks last night's fireworks someplace somebody walks up with a gun just starts shooting there's a madman over in Philadelphia on Saturday evening you know with a with a you know an assault rifle just walking walking in the streets he's got a bulletproof proof vessel he's just walking in the streets firing at who, whoever there's no regard for life that's the world we're living in right and, 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 you know, it's just getting darker because the, 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 I don't think that the church is shining as bright as she needs to, you know? So we've got to be serious about this. Kind of like the prayer of Moses. Remember, Moses prayed this, teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto, unto wisdom. It's a good prayer, isn't it? Walk circumspectly it requires discipline. John said it this way: First John two, in verse number six, John said, "He that saith he abideth in Him ought himself also to walk even as He walked." Right. In other words, what he's saying is, is our walk's got to be substantial, and the way you do that is by walking circumspectly. So it requires discernment. It requires discipline. Now look, if you would, verse number seventeen. He says, wherefore, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I like that. And I think what he's saying there is this, if you're going to walk with God and if you walk circumspectly, you're going to need direction. You need direction. You need direction. Let's talk about that just for a little bit. So, let's talk about the will of God. Talk about the will of God. Right? Look, look, look at the text again. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Don't raise your hand, don't say anything, but how many of us understand what the will of the Lord is? Who would like to comment about the will of the Lord? Stacy? Uh Thanksgiving. Everything thanks, but this is the will of God. Ooh, now you're using scripture. I like it. that's good yeah that was good Did you hear her? did you hear her over here was she preaching loud enough you know what she did I asked the question so what do you think the will of God is you know what you know Stacy responded? she responded with scripture right and here's something I was gonna say Stacy you can check my notes when we're finished We get so caught up sometimes trying to figure out the minute details of God's will that we miss the very visible aspects of God's will. Mm. Now, let me share this with you, because you got a guy like Matt here just recently got saved, man, he's coming along, he's growing in the Lord, it's exciting. And there are, Matt, God does give details as we move on in our Christian life. And and the will of God does become more detailed, more personal, and more specific, right? God's got a perfect plan, you know, cut out, carved just for you. Fits you perfect. But the only way you'll find that out is if you and I, if we obey the visible aspects of God's will. And there's, there, are, there are actual Bible verses that says, and this is the will of God, even your sanctification, right? Uh, like Stacy pointed out, being thankful. This is the will of God. Did you be thankful? And so these are very visible things. How can I, Pastor, what's God's will for my life? That should be sanctified. What's God's will for my life? Mm, that should be thankful. You know, Matt comes along, new believer, uh, says, Pastor, so what do you think God's will is for my life? Now, I can get really hokey here. And I can say, well, Matt, I'll tell you right now, I think maybe God's calling you to be my bodyguard. I got a nice little girl set up for you over here. I know exactly what God... I don't know that no more than the man on the moon knows that. That's a brand of Christianity that makes me nervous because there are preachers and there are churches that the pastor takes on this, you know, God-like, you know, uh, attitude and I've, I've, had, I've had pastors or people tell me they attend the churches where the pastor would tell them, you know, I believe, I believe God wants you to do or God wants you to, I tell you what I believe God wants you to do, Dave. God wants you to be faithful and God wants you to serve him and God wants you to use your gifts and talents. But I don't know who, what job he wants you to work. I don't know what car he wants you to drive. I, I couldn't tell you if he wanted you to marry. It's not, my, not for me to know that. But I, I will tell you this, I know he wants you to be thankful and live sanctified and be faithful. <laughs> Are you with me? And sometimes we get so caught up, hung up on the little minute details, you know, like you said, stay. we're looking for, and we, we forget about the visible aspects. And here's what I believe. God will never reveal more truth to you if you're not obeying Experiencing, understanding, and exercising the truth you know. Why give you more if you're not even using what you got? Amen. Does that make sense? No? Huh? And so I think this I think the common things that all Christians are called to, if you look at this here, wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, I think this, I think it's Christ like behavior. Right? God would want all of us to live just like Jesus did. You know? Being mindful of that. Yes, sir. I'm just looking at thou shalt love thy neighbor as son. That's a good one, isn't it? Right? Amen. Here, here's my list. Uh, uh, Christ-like behavior, faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. Oh, you're saying, Pastor, come on, man. I've been saved for several years. Really? here's what i've learned after being saved for 40 years i still have lapse of faith there are still times when i struggle trusting the lord there are many times many times and i'm personal reading i just open up my bible as if the holy spirit of god just reveals to me again an area where i just had a lack i just had this lapse right I heard a preacher say many years ago, every once in a while, we need to slap in the faith. (laughs) And it's the truth. We just need to be waking up sometimes. See, that's the the will of God, that you and I trust Him. Have enough faith to believe that He's already there. He's already got it set out, already got it planned. That's tough. Let's be honest. That's difficult. Isn't it? It's difficult. Sure it is. The need to share the gospel. Right? It's part of that's part of the you know the common things of the will of God. You know, living like Jesus, being a Christian. Having enough faith, having enough faith, having enough faith to trust Him. Understanding that when I have the chance, the opportunity, I need to share the gospel. And then, like you said, brother. The love we are to express one to another. Love your neighbor. And sometimes the neighbor is the person sitting right next to you in the pew. Right? Huh? So we get so caught up in the details that sometimes we forget about the very visible things. And if we just did the visible things, my goodness, the difference we'd make. Come on, man. The difference we'd make in this world. You know what I prayed again this morning, church? Lord, help me live in such a way that others know I belong to you. I prayed that this morning, and I thought about it throughout the day. Help me live in such a way that others know that I belong to you. That doesn't mean I walk around with a Bible tucked into my arm saying I love Jesus. No, I don't do that. I just try to live in such a way where I don't bring a mark against his name, show some kindness, and we all can do that. Be considerate. Huh? <laughs> Trying to get out of the way? Amen. In fact, I think this, let me close with this thought. Along these lines, wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, I tell you what it really calls for. It calls for what it says in Romans 6, 16. Listen to this Bible verse. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. And the key word in all of that is? Obedience. Who? Obedience. No. Yield. Yeah. Yield. That's the whole key word of that verse. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, you become servant of. Huh? So when you yield yourself to the Lord, you become His servant. What's it mean to Yield. How many of us have a license to drive good all right so here's a young lady right here how long have you had your license maddie how long have you had your license two years what is that yield sign do you know what a yield sign is what's that yeah say it again look for other cars and slow down so when you took the test yield right that's the upside down triangle right the right Doesn't it mean this? When you see this, it doesn't mean speed up? (laughs) No. What does it mean? Slow down. Proceed cautiously. You know what it really means? Give way to. Give way to oncoming traffic. You know when the Bible uses the word yield? You know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to give way to the Holy Spirit. Do you know how much trouble that would keep us out of? Steve, what are you laughing for? You know how much trouble that would keep us out of? If, because every time I'm ready to say something that I shouldn't say, there's a, there, there's a, a chance for me to yield to the Spirit and not say it, that would keep me out of a lot of trouble. If we learn to yield, if we just get out of the way, right? We just get out of the way. Yield to the will of God. But I tell you this, now don't miss this. You will never yield to God if you already have your mind made up. Look here, you'll never yield to the will of God if you already have your mind made up. Because what you're going to do if you have your mind made up is what you've made up your mind to do. Huh? And that's why Paul's saying we need to walk circumspectly. Let me walk this back. Paul says we need to walk with the Lord, or the Bible says we need to walk with the Lord. And as we do, we need to walk alert to our surroundings. And the way we do that, it requires discernment, discipline, and direction. See how that works? Huh? Just in those couple of verses. And I think what would sum it all up, go with me. I want you to see it. Just a couple pages in reverse. Galatians chapter number 5. I want you to see this for yourself. Galatians 5, look at verse 16. This I say then. That's conclusive, isn't it? This I say then. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'll guarantee you this. Are you listening, class? No one ever got in trouble. No one ever fell into sin. No one ever messed up who was walking in the Spirit. right? We need not fear if we're walking in the Spirit. Our problem comes when we yield to the flesh, right? When we give in to that old flesh. Circumspect. Walk circumspectly. Discernment, discipline, direction. That's my prayer, Tony. God, help me to walk with you. I'm going to walk in the Spirit so I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen, class? Well, it's about that time. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for allowing us to gather tonight for prayer and Bible study and fellowship, just to be together. Thank you. Thank you for your word. As we dig in, we find some, just some nuggets to kind of chew on and, and kind of digest, and become a part of our, our fabric, part of our being. And I would pray tonight that it would be our desire to walk with you, and as we walk with you, to walk circumspectly. Help us to be discerning. Help us to be disciplined. Let's do the things that matter. And give us the direction to follow your will. Help us to walk in the Spirit so that we'll not fulfill the lust of our own personal flesh. We pray in Christ's name. And amen.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.